Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty, all sorting yards from the outback and the bush. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Dusty. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm your host Tyson Godden and over the last five weeks we've been out in the outback out in Broken Hill talking about the infamous Monday Monday Bash Festival and uh, from those recommendations from the punters and volunteers, if that doesn't convince you to go in August, I don't know what will. But so we're going to a different environment now. We're going to head to the bush for a couple of weeks. We're going to talk to some very extraordinary gentlemen, starting with Jason Matz. And this man knows his way around the bush more than more than me, for sure, but more than uh, a few other people. He's got his hands all over the sorts of skills you need, like bushcraft, uh, foraging, survival, uh, the hiking, all sorts of stuff. We're going to cover it. You might know him from his uh, Instagram and social media handles as the Silly Swagman. And he joins us now. Jace, good evening, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me on here. Not too bad. No worries. Yeah, we managed to uh, squeeze this in over our, both our busy days. But yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to have a yarn to us because uh, you're doing some pretty cool things. And I think some of my listeners from uh, suburban or beaches areas who don't know much about numbers or have an understanding about the bush could learn a lot from what we're about to talk about. So let's get into it. Let's uh, go from the start. Where did the name The Silly Swagman come from? Because it certainly, rings, it certainly uh, rolls off the tongue nicely and people can remember it quite easily. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Someone, someone asked me this question not that long ago and I was like, you know what? I don't even know how I sort of came up with it. I think the, the, the idea behind the swagman was it was a bit of a throwback, you know, a tip of the hat to, to the, um, you know, a bit of the Australian history of the swagman. And then I was just trying to find a word that suited my personality. Um, but, yeah, also, like you said, rolled off the tongue. And I was sort of going with eccentric, but it was a little bit too long and, and ended up going with silly. And then after recording the first video... Um, everyone thought that it was it was perfect, so so it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, uh, very good. What kind of drove you to get excited and passionate about the outdoors and the bush in particular? Was it kind of experiences from you know when you're a young whippersnapper and camping, or you know enjoying those environments when you were younger, or how did it kind of all come about? Yeah, absolutely. I was sort of introduced to camping and exploring from a very young age, just with my old man going on family holidays and stuff, and have the four-wheel drive van back in the day and he'd always want to, you know, turn down every single corner and just be like, oh, what's down oh, that yeah. What's down that dirt road? And, um, like, I loved it. And mum's there going, no, Chris, just get to the campground. And I'm like, no, go down <laughs> that road. Let's see what's down there. 
So for whatever reason, it's those memories that really stuck with me over over the top of like fishing in a kayak and doing bushwalks. It was the four driving and just always wanting to see it was around the next corner that just stayed with me forever. So yeah, definitely my childhood and just going camping and, and fishing in what I thought were really remote locations, but it could have been the national park around the corner for all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, when you're yeah when you're younger, any kind of rough terrain seems pretty exciting. It does. No matter, uh, yeah, how close it is to any other yeah, Exactly. <laughs> have you kind of uh, carried on that since then? Like, have you got a bit of a four-wheel drive rig yourself, and you know, do those kind of tracks out your own as well? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, all of my cars have been four-wheel drives, bar maybe one of them, and. Um, yeah, I was always the guy that was trying to rally up my mates to go on a camping trip or, you know, do a little bit of four-wheel driving. Like, nothing serious in the realm of four-wheel driving, more as a means to get to places that I wouldn't otherwise be able to get to. Yeah. Not yeah. out there, like, yeah, <laughs> going bloody launching Not off rocks or anything. Your, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Giving um, the shocks and suspension a good old test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think it was always it was always a bit of just camping beside the vehicle to begin with. And um, it wasn't until I actually enlisted into the army and um, I was in the infantry. And obviously oh. a lot of that is you're sitting out in the bush and you're bush bashing through just, you know, the most wildest remote locations. And I just fell, yeah. I fell in love with that. And I was like, I need to do this, like in my free time where you can actually, you know, when it rains, you can go hop under the tarp. Like, <laughs> mm. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about you. How long? How long did you uh, serve in the army for? I was in for five years. So, um, okay. What year was it? Yeah, two thousand and the end of two thousand and fourteen, and I got out um, a couple of years ago. So I've been out two years. Right, right before the shitstorm of COVID. Yeah, it was actually it was right before mm. COVID started. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow. Damn. And I was I was actually posted up in Darwin for those five years. So I was, you know, pretty excited to come oh, back right. to Sydney, be around friends, family, catch up with everyone, and then and then COVID struck, mm. and I was locked in the bloody house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from the bush to the house, what a contrast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, in preparation for this yarn we're having, I've um, had a look at your YouTube channel as well, and you really do kind of cover all bases. So I want to kind of know from the things that you've done and, you know, the courses and the different things that you've done with other people, what's your kind of favourite part of these adventures? Is it the cooking, the hiking, the camping, the exploring or discovering new sites or just the challenge of outdoor survival? Because, you know, sure, people just be in the bush, you know, just wherever, but every in part of the bush is completely different too. There's different terrain, the different climate and that sort of thing. So what what's your kind of favourite kind of part in amongst every time you set out for a new adventure? Yeah, absolutely. You sort of uh, nailed it there towards the end, just the different environments. And um, I sort of say to my videos, I've said it a few times, like, even if you go back to the same area when, you, when you're going out into the bush and whatnot, it's always different. Like you might see like an animal you haven't seen there before or the birds or just like them or, you know, it might be raining and so you experience like a different atmosphere there, a different, slightly different environment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love that it's, it's always changing and you're always experiencing and seeing something new. Um, but, yeah, on top of that, it's like I, I do, I really enjoy hiking, um, you know, I could, if I could do it full time, I'd do it. I would just hike all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck a pack on my back and just send me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your channel, uh, the one hour video you've got is a full, it's a full, it's a full one day or two day for bear hike as well. What's, uh, 
What led you to go into uncharted territory like that? Again, well, oh, I suppose you might have, might have just answered my own question. Was it part of that just challenge of getting amongst it and seeing how you could overcome any obstacles along the way? Yeah, certainly. Um, it was definitely inspired from my time in the infantry. Um, just being in, like, obviously off track and you're just sort of bush bashing, you're having to create your own paths and a lot of the locations you go to. Uh, I've got some funny stories about that. But, um, yeah, just, just the idea of being in areas where you know no one is likely ever even bothered to walk here because it's so far out of the way. Um, and that's right. that's where you see all the cool stuff. That's where you see more of the animals and, and uh, yeah, so that's where it all sort of stemmed from. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So in amongst uh, yeah some of these hikes, you know, not every uh, not every journey smooth. You know, yes. Same with a car ride or even completing any task. Has it been kind of any? What kind of challenges have you come across during these treks? And have any kind of been any kind of close calls or big scary moments? I think the closest call I've had um, since like sort of starting the channel and, and filming my adventures was the very very first video. I was um, I was in a state forest. And again, I wasn't following any trail or anything. I stepped over a log and it was really dense, like uh, litter on the ground, just heaps of dry leaves. And I stepped quite, I basically nearly stepped on top of a snake. I didn't get to identify what it was, but I just saw it slither off through the leaves. Like it was, and then I turned and I just smashed straight into the log that I just walked over, (laughs) went face down. Um, But, yeah, it was one of those things, like, he was as scared of me as as I was of him. It was more just how sudden it happened. Um, That's the closest call I've had um, in terms of hiking and and being out in the bush. But in the Army, again, like, loads of guys would have very similar experiences. I know one guy went to, like, take a bit of – there was a dip in the ground and he went to take a bit of cover there during, like, a training exercise – and he actually dived on top of an entire pit of baby um, eastern brown snakes. Oh. And <laughs> no some, somehow, I have no idea how, he, he didn't take one bite. He was completely fine. He, he dived in, took oh, a second geez. to realise like, what was around him and then just rolled out of it. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's a sign from some sort of oh, spiritual mate. leader or something, uh, whatever you believe in. That was, that was 100%. Certainly a sign. <laughs> uh, but on top of that, like apart from the snake, oh, I wow. think like the other obstacles you sort of get is it doesn't matter how good you are at reading maps and if you've got a GPS device on your phone and you've got Google Earth there and everything, sometimes you'll you'll pick your route and you think you're going to get down to the water. This happened in one of my videos and you get there and it's just impossible to get down that very last section to the water unless you walk another bloody 10 k's down. Ah. So that it's sometimes it just doesn't go to plan. So it's not necessarily a dangerous situation, but it's not the outcome you wanted, you know what I mean? So and and that's yeah, more like methodical the logistics. Exactly, and that's the beauty of being out there. You don't necessarily know mm. what you're in for every every single time. Yeah, yeah, true. What about uh have any challenges with like kind of like rationing out your food or your things you need for fuel along the way? Has there been times where you've come short or kind of thought, oh, I've only really have to have to conserve a little bit of this to keep me going for however long I need to get to wherever you need to go to? Um, yeah, actually, funny story. So this was the very um, last trip that I did before I started the channel, and um, it wasn't long after I'd, I'd gotten out of the army. And, and me and a mate, mate who hadn't really done any hiking, he bought his first pack. And we went to Kosciuszko National Park. We had like, I think, a couple of litres between us and we were expecting there to be like quite a lot of water running through the creeks there. Right. And we took a couple of fishing rods 
whether we were going to catch fish or not. We had it. There was no water in any of these creeks. Oh, shit. So we're like, okay, you know, we, we know there's a dam like 15 k's away. But by the time we sort of got to that location, we had drunk all of our water. Well, he, he had drunk all of his water. Um, whereas, like, I can go ages without drinking too much water. I seem to be okay. But he was like, I am dehydrated. And you could just tell by looking at him, he was really struggling. Um, and we eventually did find water. But then, you know, you got to boil it up and everything like that and make sure you purify it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So he ended up being okay, but then I was like, okay, it was a good reminder for me to start drinking a little bit more of the water that I had, and I ended up falling sick later that afternoon. Oh, no. We still don't know whether it was dehydration or if it was something I had eaten, um, like one of the sort of nut bar things, but right, yeah, I ended up being really sick, and I like passed out for 45 minutes, and I was throwing my guts up in the bush. And I was like, I hope I pull through this. Otherwise, God knows how he's going to get me out of here. And, yeah, I, ca- I, I did come good. I did mm, come good. But yeah, yeah. certainly it's very easy to, um, yeah, start drinking too much water or, or not have enough like I ended up doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Within the outback and the bush and, you know, other different environments within the country, there's lots of really nice features and different things that you can kind of check out, check out as, you know, whether you're walking or hiking, you know, kind of like what you said before. I too love a good, you know, bushwalk and a hike down here in uh, Davidson Roseville, just down the corner from my place. There's um, the Lyrebird track and eventually trails onto these other tracks, which eventually goes through to a big eight-hour hike. It's a perimeter across the whole yeah. river. And I did it around this time last year and thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, got me a bit more of a um, an inkling as to, you know, what's around and, you know, other different things to look for in yep. danger and that sort of stuff. So saying that, kind of how important is it for, I mean, in your opinion, for people to have an understanding of the bush, surviving outdoors and being in contact with nature? Because I know that a lot of us and, you know, I mean, I'm nearly 30 and people younger than us, you know, everyone's on the TikTok <laughs> yeah. generation and that sort of thing and getting out to, you know, with your bare feet into the earth and that sort of thing, it's, it really has some really kind of positive impacts kind of where. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How, yeah, kind of how important do you reckon it is for people to get back into, you know, that kind of side of things and going out and exploring the you know the wetlands yep. and the bushes yeah certainly i have to i have to be careful and not be like all up on my high horse because as far as bushcraft and everything is concerned and survival and like wild edibles and whatnot like i even i have only sort of peaked an interest in that over the last couple of years um and it's from doing that that i've learned yeah right. I, I wouldn't say i've learned so much but it's really opened the window um to realizing how little like the majority of us do know about what's out there in the bush and the dangers and, and what you've got to look out for. So certainly, I, and I think there's, there's so many, um, there's various reasons why it's important to spend time out in the bush and also educate yourself, whether it's first aid, because um, things happen and it's unplanned. And if you're in a remote location, uh, yeah, like you could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, um, who's going to come grab you? Yeah, that's right. Um, wild edibles look in this day and age, that's more of something that's nice to know. Um, and in a survival situation, God forbid you ever end it, end up in that sort of a situation. Like, yeah, it could end up saving your life. It could, uh, it could mean the difference between running out of food, you know, in three days and being able to find enough to sort of keep you going for another couple of days until help can arrive. Uh, and then on top of that, Mm. like, honestly, I think the biggest thing is, the more time you spend out there and actually learning about the different plants and even just like the different names of the trees that you're walking past and everything, you you grow so much of an appreciation for all of it. Um, and I think that's really important, like especially in this day and age with like the whole talk of climate change and deforestation and everything, having more of an understanding of even just your local bushland uh, it makes you care more about it as well. Um, and I think that's the most, that's yeah, the biggest takeaway. Hmm. When did you kind of start to obtain or, you know, introduce yourself to that kind of knowledge? Like, was it through uh, other people who had done stuff similar to you Then you've kind of carried on to where you are now? Or was it from reading certain books or other, you know, other people who do courses similar to, you know, what you've kind of endured over time? Well, yeah, it's funny. So I enlisted into the army and I'm sure so many blokes think the same thing. You really think you're going to learn a lot of those sorts of skills, a lot of bushcraft, and you're going to be a real bushman kind of ordeal. But at the end of the day, you're there to learn how to fight a war. So, like, all the sort of bushcraft and fieldcraft True. skills are more around um, how to, like, dig your bunker <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, how to s- set um, early warning uh, signs and all that sort of thing um, and not so much what can you eat out here uh, blah 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 although right, the yeah, first yeah. aid and all that is really really good uh, in the infantry that's for sure um, but so there was a course going around but it wasn't open up to us and, and when it was it was only very rarely but it was a bushcraft and survival course um, so I'm taking forever to answer this one so no, that's right I've got a bit of time I, 
I kept I kept trying to get onto this course. I'm not too sure who they generally reserve it for, but for whatever silly reason, the infantry, the guys who are really out there in the thick of it, it rarely came across uh, came along to us. But on the odd occasion it did, I would either already be out bush doing a training exercise or I'd be on another course. Ah. And that was maybe twice the whole time I was there in the five years. So anyway, uh, post the army, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start looking up for some places that are, you know, educating people in a bit of bushcraft and whatnot. And um, I just sort of, I think I put out something on Facebook, hey, anyone know? And I had a mate who I did actually serve with who lives in the Blue Mountains. He put me onto Bushcraft Survival Australia uh, the instructor's Gordon Dedman. Okay. And so I went along to that and I like, you're there for five minutes and you're like, why didn't I start doing this as a kid? Like, you're just like, I need to do right. this every day now. And, um, yeah, it's hard to explain, but he's sort of introducing himself and everything. And then I realized he's the guy that runs those courses for the army ah, there and, you North, go. and North force and special forces. And I was like, well, I've, I made it here. <laughs> Finally got on course. Awesome. <laughs> so, and, and that was sort of like the spark that just lit the fire into me, wanting to learn all things sort of bushcraft and and outdoors and survival. Oh, wicked! Yeah. So, your mate who recommended uh, Gordon and that group who's from the Blue Mountains is that where you're based as well? No. So it's funny. I hear you say you're near Davidson and, and Roseville. Yeah, I'm up or, in Forestville. Yeah, up in yeah, the yeah, so I'm, northern beaches. I'm, I am actually on the northern beaches. So, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> small world, very yeah, small world. Yeah, whereabouts? Uh, I'm in, like, Coleroy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, how yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's been, there's been a couple of people who've chatted to a bit, you know, similar subjects and then they set a location and it's just like, oh, right, oh, there you go. Well, it's yeah. also refreshing to know that people from, you know, the beaches or the suburbs of CBD are also taking interest in stuff like this as well. So, yeah, oh, that's, oh, that's wicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, so you've got a bit of a following on your Instagram. You've got plenty of uh, plays and subscriptions on your, on your YouTube. You've made, you've taken the initiative to, you know, educate people through social media. Where does the kind of the future for the Silly Swagman look like? Where do you want to kind of take this? Is, do you want to make more of an educational role or do you want to just provide people with a bit of entertainment, with a bit of insight into, you know, kind of the bushland and that sort of thing? Where do you want to take it? Oh, mate. Um, I try to be careful about going, leaning too much into the educational side because, you know, I've done a handful of courses and I'm still studying um, with the same groups, uh, with the same schools. So it's more of a, like, I give you a window to look into um, to sort of pique people's interest to then look up schools that are near them that they can go and learn the bushcraft and everything. Okay. So so it's more of like an introduction, um, I guess, and just having a bit of fun and, and getting people excited about going outdoors, uh, which heaps of feedback I get is, hey, man, like I used to do a lot of hiking when I was younger. I haven't done it in 10 years like watching your video, same with like Scotty's gone walkabouts and all that, and it just gets people, you know, really excited to get back out there again, which is the whole point. Yeah, nice. Um, and obviously the amount of fun that I'm having out there is just rubbing off as well. But, yeah, I think, look, I would love to um, in the near near future at least do this, like cut back on my regular job so I can spend a few more days and at least get out there and do one video a week. Um, but, yeah. 
looking down the track, I'd love to be doing this full time, like between YouTube mm. sponsors, um, maybe helping out at a bushcraft and survival school um, part time. Oh, yeah. How, mu- how much content are you lines. making? Oh, sorry. How much content are you making per week at the moment? No, so I was starting off getting in like uh, let's say one a fortnight. Um, yep. Yeah, I'd say the last month, maybe even the last two months, I've only had a few out. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. So I, I don't work Friday. So I've allowed myself the Friday to sort of get out there so I can stay there Friday night, come back whatever time Saturday, and then edit throughout the week. Um, but it's one of those things like the second there's like a wedding on the Saturday morning or like a family gathering on a Friday night, yeah, it, yeah. It, so it writes off the whole week in terms of me being able to create any sort of content. So, yeah. yeah. It's, hard, think, it's harder to get older as well. The more things oh. you're kind of involved with or the more things that – or the more events other people have, like yeah, yep. weddings or baby showers or, you know, 30th or 21st or whatever, yeah, it kind of throws up. It's like, God, oh, I've got to do this because my friends and family are here, but this also <laughs> kind of sets this back. So, yeah, the time – is always uh, yeah less and less available as you get old, older and more involved with other things. I've kind of yeah. felt the same here. I've got this studio here, and you know I'm only just starting to get back more into you know making my music and stuff. But then sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, can you work for the next nine days straight? It's like, oh, I yeah. kind of can, but then I've just got to set this back as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We had a bloke just yeah. take a holiday for a week, so I was covering <laughs> for him, and then he's injured himself or oh, he's right. out for another week. I won't get, don't get me started, but yeah, it, it's just yeah. so easy yeah. to lose a week and. Um, but but in saying that, like for for anybody who is subscribed and following along, I've in no way sort of given up on it or anything. I've just been busy, and I like I'm super pumped to get back out there again and and make some more content for sure. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, nice one, Jason. We've covered um yeah some really good topics here. I'll leave uh you know everyone else to view your yeah, Instagram and YouTube for more of the exciting things you do. So do thank you again very much for taking the time to have this yarn with us and hope the other listeners have got a lot of out of it. Is there um, anything else you'd like to add or let the listeners know about any events or websites or books relating to uh, our convo or the things that you've done or where people can find things, you know, these kind of things similar in you know, their areas as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you sort of covered off. If you look up the Silly Swagman on YouTube, Instagram, all that sort of stuff, that's where my content is, mostly on those two platforms for now. Um, definitely... Jump online and see what bushcraft schools are, are near you. Um, the one that I go to, as I said, it's Bushcraft Survival Australia. You can look that up. Gordon runs courses in um, like the Northern Territory in Darwin, Townsville, um, like near Coffs Harbour, Sydney and and Victoria as well. Um, and the courses are great and they're so like he's a really good teacher as well. He has all the time in the world for everybody that rocks up. And for anybody who's sort of like, I don't know, is it gonna be weird me going to something like that? Like what are the people gonna be like that are attending? Are they all gonna have heaps of knowledge as well? No, like you will be so surprised when you rock up. It's just the weirdest mixed bag of people and they're all completely new to it, or most of them are too. And and everybody just has so much fun, and you do you like you laugh so much on these courses because it's just a really fun thing to be a part of. So Bushcraft Survival Australia, um, if you haven't got anybody else nearby, what else? There's plenty of books out there. Just look up some um, wild edible books, and 
And what else? Even some natural navigation. Look up. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a book. I can't remember the author. I, I was meant to dig it out, but look up. It's called Wayfinder. It's, it's, it's actually sort of, it stems off from the indigenous Australians and, and how they used to navigate using, you know, songs and everything and talks about other, um, other forms of, of, uh, natural navigation used around the world all throughout history. And it is really interesting. It's really, but it's really well written too. Anybody could enjoy it. It's not too like wordy. It's yeah. Great book. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thanks again, Jason. I've got a little bit of time if you want to leave the listeners on, uh, I don't know, another funny story of one of your adventures or otherwise we can just wrap it up there. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, <Sorry>. No, just <laughs> go go jump jump on the Instagram page because I post there pretty frequently and um, and I've got the link in the bio there that'll, that'll take you to the YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just watch the videos and then if you enjoy them, hit the subscribe button. I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Enjoy the content and, and come along for the ride because there's something, something funny and different happening in every adventure. And I'm sure there'd be something for everyone as well if you're a rookie in the bush or if you're yeah. advanced because uh, from what I've seen, yeah, it's been really entertaining but I too have picked up some things along the way going, oh, I didn't really consider yeah. that, so. that, that. Yeah, I'll just say also, good point, um, for anybody who has kids that they watch a bit of YouTube with every now and again, uh, it, it's pretty, you know, child-friendly. It's pretty PGA. I don't swear and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's another good point. Yeah, get him interested while they're young. Get them off the screens. Absolutely. Get them off the screens. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, good stuff, Chase. It's been wicked talking to you. Thanks again. Yeah, cheers, Thomas. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks, mate. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 